Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. We have a very special guest today on the Hoop Talk Podcast. Please welcome our good friend, the host of The Impact, Ian Evans. What's up, Ian? Hey, everybody. How's it going? We're good. We're doing good. So, Ian, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about your podcast. So, um, my name is Ian Evans. Like Ryan said, I'm originally from Burdensville, Maryland, but grew up in Silver Spring for pretty much my whole life. Went to high school in D.C., uh, played basketball there for two years, then kind of just stopped. I liked uh, scoring 30 in CYO anyway, so I decided to do that in junior <laughs> senior year of high school. Um, then, um, after that, I decided to go to the University of Dayton, where I currently am at. I'm a fifth year there, getting my master's in uh, communication. And yeah, like Ryan said, I also have a podcast called The Impact with Ian Evans every Friday, uh, every, episodes every Friday. And I also co-founded a sports blog called Impact Sports Media based off of the, um, the podcast. So yeah. So on your sports podcast, you probably talked about how the Lakers won the championship recently. So let's get right into that because the Lakers recently defeated the Miami Heat on Sunday. and it's almost come as a shock considering that game five, Miami put out their entire heart on the court. And then game six, the Lakers almost just blew them out. So Ian, what are some of your initial reactions to that game? Well, I'm glad that Jalen's here. Because, oh uh, my God. <laughs> so on, um, on the hear me out podcast, you know, Brooks and I got on and um, I said that, some guys on the bench would have some big games. And, you know, Jalen kind of said that he, he was glad that I had more faith in the bench than he did. And rightfully so, because Rondo put on a monster performance, didn't he, Jalen? <laughs> See how he's looking at me, Ron? It's so dirty. He's throwing me under the bus right now. A disrespect. No, no, seriousness. I mean, I, I said Lakers and six to start it. And honestly, I, I knew that the Heat were going to be a good enough team to, uh, to get two wins. Uh, people that were saying Lakers in five, clearly. I mean, granted, the Lakers did gentlemen sweep throughout the Western Conference, but the Heat are just built different. Jimmy Bucket's built different. Case in point, he's already back in the gym. I mean, clearly this man doesn't care about his family or settling down. So, um, yeah, he's already back in the gym. But, I mean, all in all, it just looked like not only did the Lakers just want it more, I think right around the mid midway through the third quarter, the, the Heat just gave up. And it just looked like everything was going the, the Lakers' way. So, um, obviously, congrats to LeBron getting the fourth ring. Um, obviously, the GOAT debate is even more up in the air now than it was before. But um, you got to give credit where it's due. Oh, man. So, okay. So, so Ian kind of got the ball rolling. So, in case anybody did not listen, when we did the Hear Me Out podcast, we had this entire conversation about game six in its entirety in terms of what we expected. And my main, my main point, the one I was trying to lean on, because, Ryan, you know, on here – our quote-unquote hot take for the series was that the Miami Heat would win in seven. And my whole, um, my whole MO was to try to find a way to rest on my laurels and try to ride with that pick. So I put all my eggs in the basket that the Lakers bench would not show up. And Ian, Ian and Brooks looked at me funny and said, I don't, I don't see how you can do that when at least one or two guys has stepped up throughout every series moving forward. 
And I might have sugarcoated a little bit of how Rondo performed in the first two series. I might have sweeped it under the rug a little bit of how Morris and Kuzma had their little 19-point outburst. It might have just, you know, I might have forgot. I don't remember. You know, just logistics. But to, like, really put it on perspective, first of all, yeah, shout out Braun, first of all, for the, uh, the four rings. I mean, he's asking for his respect. I mean, it's going to be a lot harder for people who are quote-unquote LeBron haters to find their way. One of my biggest concerns when LeBron James first went to the Lakers had nothing to do with the Hollywood stuff that a lot of people were pointing the finger at him for. Same thing with Jimmy Butler, too, when him, with him choosing to go to um, Miami over choosing to like re-sign with Philadelphia. It was supposed to be like a party-based move. That was not my issue. My concern with LeBron James had a lot to do with the Western Conference itself, the strength of the Western Conference in comparison to the Eastern Conference, at least the version that he was in. Next year is a whole nother boat, and we'll end up discussing that at a later date. But, like, in terms of the Eastern Conference that he was in, I just saw that there was nobody really in front of him as the best player, not only in the league, but probably by far in the East at the time. Seeing what they were able to do throughout the entirety of the playoffs – is what makes this extremely impressive. Pretty much only losing one game in every series up until the finals. But more so than that, the most impressive thing to me that I feel like hasn't been talked about enough is what did we see from Jimmy Butler in terms of laying his, his basically his life on the line in game five and then his responded play in game six that was lackluster, so to speak. LeBron James has been in that situation more times than we, than we can count. And he's been put in a position, maybe even forced, to have to play above his means. And you just see the difference between how LeBron James is built and how other superstars are built. Because Jimmy's a top 10, maybe top 15 player at worst in the league. And what it took throughout the first five games for Jimmy Butler – to even get his team two wins, I mean, LeBron James has been carrying that same kind of motor for longer, and we haven't seen nearly the type of fall from grace that Jimmy Butler had from game five to game six. So, I mean, hats off to the Lakers overall. Like I said, I don't know. I, I, I owe Ian a take. I got to give – I got I owe Ian a hot take for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the crazy thing about game six was that the first quarter was relatively close between the two teams, which I, which I was thinking, you know, maybe it's going to be a close game overall. But then the second quarter happened. The Lakers outscored the Heat 36-16, and I think that was really the difference maker. Nobody was shooting well for the Heat that game. And I think you could clearly tell that game five, they put everything out there, but they didn't have anything left for game six. And it's unfortunate considering that the Miami Heat, who weren't even projected to make the playoffs this year, managed to make the finals and then lose to LeBron James, which, you know, as a, I'm not a LeBron hater. I respect the guy, but the stuff he said after the game is kind of, it's kind of weird. He wants respect. I don't see a guy like Jordan saying that. I don't really see Kobe Bryant saying that. I don't even see Scottie Pippen saying that who won the six rings with Jordan. I just, there's just something weird about what he said. I wanted to get your thoughts because he did say put respect on him, put respect on Rob Polenka, put respect on Frank Vogel. What are your reactions to his comments after the game? 
100% agree with it. I mean, granted, it was kind of weird. I mean, you don't really see goats like, you know, like you said, Jordan or Kobe really saying that. But let, when you really think about it, besides Kobe, and Kobe really just isn't really a human being in regards to emotions. I mean, Kawhi's a different story. He's a robot, but that's different. But with, you know, LeBron saying that, this man came out of high school hated. This man went to St. Vincent, St. Mary hated. This, like, he had to sit out of games because – Think about it this way. He had to sit out of games because a friendly friend of his gave him gifts. And this was before he even like was considering going to college. So people were hating on him then. The media was hating on him when he was 16. So he had to kind of take all of that. He could lash out to the media. He could do all that, but he decided not to. Proceeds to go to the league and gets all this criticism and, and the highest of expectations for LeBron. I mean, that 2003 class was loaded in general. So when you talk about that, he had hate going into Cleveland, then obviously leaving to Miami. Granted, I was one of them when he went to Miami because I thought he was ring chasing. And granted, me at 11 did not know what a super team was at that point in my life. So then I understood it, but then went back to Cleveland because he had a promise to make. And then, peop- and then after he made the block, people know what the block is about. After he made the block, people will still say, which is true in some regards, that that wasn't even the most important play. Granted, Kyrie hit the three to actually get them up in that game. So even the block has some sort of narrative behind it that that block didn't necessarily make that big of a deal to some people. So there's hate in that. And then, oh, my goodness, when he decided to go to L.A., oh, it's for the movies. Um, He won't be one of the greatest Lakers ever. It wasn't, wow, this could be interesting. This could be this. This could be that for L.A. It was like, oh, no, um, he's not going to be the greatest Laker ever. There was a mural. Um, I forgot who painted Somebody painted a mural and put it all over Twitter. Literally the next day, people were spraying over it, say, like all, all, blasphemy, all this type of stuff, curse words, um, profanity, all that type of stuff on it. Of course, I mean, this man has deserved so much respect and people will still find a way to put it down. I mean, even winning the fourth ring, people are like, oh, well, he won it in the bubble when in the NBA restart. It doesn't count. What are you talking about? The ring literally says 2019-2020 NBA Finals champions. How does it not count? Granted, is there somewhat of an asterisk because of this pandemic? Yeah, but I understand what he's saying. Put some respect on his name. He's deserved it for a while. Now, he's in the 17th year. You're telling me he doesn't deserve the respect? Like, it's, it's just crazy to me. It is. I mean, Ian said all of it. And I mean, we've had the conversation on the side beforehand, but I think the biggest thing to like break down his comments even further is like, I know that everybody's going to hone in on like he said, and I damn sure want my respect. And of course, like that's going to be the headline. That's the one that gets the quote moving. But remember who he also mentioned. He talked about Rob Palenka. Rob got a lot of crap this offseason, starting with the fact of not securing Kawhi Leonard. That was the first thing. The second thing was a lot of people got on the head of him for moving on from all the young talent they had in exchange for one player, and that being Anthony Davis. The idea of selling all your young talent for a player was going to saturate their team's overall value, which to a certain extent, I don't think necessarily was incorrect, but we see that actually it didn't make them all that worse, (laughs) so to speak from where they were, obviously, considering that they went from out of the playoffs to what, around 10th place in the Western Conference to being the NBA champions the following year, pandemic or not. With that being the case, that's one of the most important things. The second thing is obviously, obviously he also touched on Jeannie Buss, who is somebody who 
with his with with her brother being involved in the franchise for a good good handful of time um they pretty much were not good throughout that time frame and she was kind of the backseat behind the scenes person mainly handling business operations and stuff but not really anything in terms of running the team and a lot of questions came to as soon as she gets the full reins and kicked her brother out so to speak what would happen could she really bear the responsibility of being able to be the owner the sole owner of a franchise that was storied by her father way before she was even in the mix and has a lot of expectations now when you insert LeBron James on the team. So although the quote will run with the fact that LeBron James wants respect, I think the most important things actually come from the other people he highlighted because those are the ones that had to kind of almost make as much of the sacrifice as LeBron James himself had to do. As Ian touched on beforehand, it's year 17. He could get another, but he could not get another bucket again And there's a point that we all understand, GOAT debates excluded, that LeBron James is one of the top two players in the NBA in history-wise. So, I mean, I think, you know, I think it's probably better to touch on the full quote than just the part about himself. I understand in terms of him, just him touching on himself. It is a little odd. Uh, This is probably, what, the second or third time that LeBron James has kind of inserted himself into the y'all gonna respect me this is when i knew it was the go a lot of like self-declaration stuff but it's 2020 dude i mean if he wants his respect just give it to him i mean what 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 are you going to use against him besides throwing jordan at him you literally have nothing else at this point and he's had a phenomenal run to this point considering the season that he's had however going into next season which is a good transition to our next topic I feel like in the season, next season, he's, he's not going to do the same thing. It's going to be a more competitive conference. New teams are emerging. We completely forget that Golden State is still a threat. I feel like next season, it's going to be even more difficult than this season, considering the challenges and the teams he's going to have to overcome. Obviously, he will most likely have Anthony Davis by his side for next season. But in the case that he doesn't have him, I don't think he's he's going to win another championship as a Laker. But I want to get your your guys' thoughts on this as well because the Lakers definitely have a chance to go back-to-back. But what do they need to do in order to go back-to-back? Um, I think you obviously kind of hinted on it. I mean, just re-signing Anthony Davis, whether it be to um, – could be another one year, but it could also be, I mean, obviously, I mean, this man is Anthony Davis, one of, if not the best center in the league, you got to give you know him his money he deserves. Can that Lakers do that? Can they allocate money to do that? It's going to be tough because when you think about it, they're also in not necessarily talks, but there has been rumors about the Lakers trying and trying to allocate pieces and money or even draft picks to try and get Bradley Beal. So, if you think about it, yeah, I know. I know Jay is crazy. It is Dang, crazy. I know all of that. Hold it on. It's rumors. It's rumors. And granted, I did my own ESPN trade machine to do it. If the Lakers can find a way, I don't think they do it because look, this is conjecture, people. This is not what I think will happen. If they put in, I want to say it's three pieces and a draft pick. It is, I want to say, Quinn Cook, Danny Green, Alex Caruso, and a first rounder and they get Bradley Beal, technically it would work. Based on salary caps, technically it would actually work. Oh, wait, no, 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 I lied. Take out Quinn Cook, put in Marquise Morris. Technically it would work. 
granted, I think it's a little bit too much, but uh, it's again, ESPN trade machine, but first and foremost, sign Anthony Davis for whatever contract it is. Um, second, get Danny green in the gym immediately. Third, have KCP rebound and switch back and forth. And third, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. And, 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 but honestly, and fourth and foremost, I mean, honestly, just making sure everyone's healthy come playoff time. Because when you, when you look at it, think about it last year, LeBron didn't make it. He got hate for not, you know, being in the playoffs for how many consecutive years or whatever. He had a groin injury. Whatever, who cares? I think health is really important with this team as it shows with a lot of teams in the bubble who didn't necessarily have a lot of their pieces and could have made better runs. I mean, kind of like piggyback off of that. I mean, first of all, Ryan, to like address how you like, how you brought the whole topic a part of it. Like, yeah, Golden State gets thrown on the rug in this like 10 times over. But like my biggest concern over anything is like, and I told you this like off camera, Ian, I don't know if you've heard me say this, but I'm just going to keep it a buck. I genuinely believe like like people forgot like Kevin Durant is alive. Like I'm genuinely at that point where I'm like starting to wonder whether or not people remember that this man is even like still on earth because even the best player in the world discussions have like involved Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard over like the last six to eight months. And like KD's name is like not even popped up. It's like driving me nuts. So don't be surprised. That's all I'm going to say with that one. But in terms of the Lakers, right? So my my two main – I have two because it's really it's really simple for them. The first thing is securing AD. I think AD is going to do his finesse God stuff. I think he goes two – he goes for a two-in-one. He gets the other two years on his belt. Next thing you know, he has the 10-year uh, seniority thing. And in that last year where it's the player option, he declines it because once he has the 10-year uh, seniority – he can go for the Supermax. That's the one with the five-year deal on it. You know, the one with the big dollars. So that's the one that I think he would more so vie for, regardless of what team ends up giving it to him. He's going to – I think it would be smart if, I, if I'm clutch sports, I'm going to say at least. I think it would be smart to put yourself in a position, not tie yourself down too long-term early, because you also don't know what's up with LeBron James moving forward. So it has to be taken into consideration. I think I think he does something that's like team friendly, but still puts himself in a position to be able to make crazy bread once he's up. Two, as hilarious as the Danny Green and KCP stuff is, because like honestly, man, I can go in on I can go in on those two all day and twice on Sunday, honestly. Cause it, I mean, although they they had their moments, man, they still gotta figure some stuff out with that one. I think their biggest thing that they need to address is they need another, like, cerebral point guard somewhere on their roster. Like, I understand Rondo is that guy. Maybe this is a scary name to, like, to fling out. But if they can make the money work, especially because because he's a, a pending free agent, if you get Fred Van Vleeten here, man, they are instantly a lot better to me personally because I feel like the biggest thing for, for them is Fred can shot create. He's a little bit on the shorter end, but he's pesky defensively. The cultural aspect is there because they were building something over in Toronto way before um, Kawhi Leonard pulled up. And I think really honestly after that, there was even more to be able to build up. I think the biggest thing for this team is at every position, they need to find a way to slightly improve, whether that's within the own means of their own players in terms of guys like Danny Green or KCP that might not be as movable, or in situations like guys like Rondo, who's going to be off, 
And Quinn Cook, I believe, actually, I think he has one more year. So you might have to make a move with that one. Kyle Kuzma is somebody that after this year, look, after all the petition signings I saw for not giving him his ring, I'm sure the Lakers peeped that too and were wondering whether or not he needs to be on the roster his dang self. So I think they need to find a way at least at one or two spots or even thickening up the bench. They need like one or two guys that are just a slight. It doesn't even have to be a drastic upgrade. Fred Van Vliet might even be like reaching. But they just need a slight upgrade at one or two spots, mainly guard if they can get it. And I think they're right back in the mix because the West is guard heavy. The guess the West is extremely dangerous at that position as it is. And there's a lot more teams to deal with coming next season in terms of like everybody being healthy. So I mean it's a tough task to say they need to just get better when they're like potentially cap strapped after they have to make whatever moves they need to with AD. But it's interesting. This is the first time I think in a while that we've looked at a championship team and we I maybe I'm maybe I'm by myself on this but I'm not sure but I doubt it we're looking at their roster and we believe that they actually need significant roster movement in order to repeat this ain't a run it back kind of team at least in my in, in my personal opinion I don't feel like it's a team that can just you can throw them back out there and they can truly put up a fight the way they did this year. I feel like there's like some serious wholesale switches that might need to take place if they want any chance. That's how I feel about it. So I like how Ian brought up the fact that they should trade for Bradley Beal because I said that in LeBron's first season and they still didn't do it. And I don't think they're going to do it again. It just doesn't seem likely that they will do it. I think Brooklyn sweeps them up first, but that would be a dangerous trio if, Bradley Beal goes to Brooklyn. I think KCP and Danny Green, I think their days are numbered in LA just because they did not have a good performance. That was bad. That was that was like really, really bad. Hey, they shot their way out of a job. <laughs> oh man, I mean for real. Like, I mean literally, dude. I mean, oh goodness. Man, let's leave him alone. Let's leave him alone. <laughs> I really don't know what else to say. This this team is is bad. I will go as far to say that this is the worst team to ever win a championship because this entire team was LeBron and Anthony Davis and someone else as the third star. I could not find a third star on this team. It was Avery Bradley, but then he opted out. There has been a lack of consistency on the offensive side from the Lakers, and it's not just LeBron. Anthony Davis has been struggling. Danny Green and KCP and Caruso and Morris, we all know they've been struggling. It's just like, what, what can you do now to secure a chance at going back-to-back? I think it's very small. Like I said, KCP, Danny Green, Kuzma, pretty much anyone who is in the supporting cast for the Lakers except for Avery Bradley is probably on the chopping block. But I, I don't know what to say. This, this team's not going back to back. I mean, okay, wait, wait. So let's, let's flip it because I, I got to turn it into a question because I see Ian's brain turning too. So that's, that, that's where I'm going to go with this. So my, my question with you, though, is because the Clippers are in this mode a little bit too where it sounds like everybody's on the untouchable list. Everybody, everybody's facing the untouchable list of whether they're on it or off it, and it sounds like Kawhi is the only one that's on it. <laughs> Other than that, everybody sounds like they're up for the books. 
Now, I think the, the the worst team to win a championship in terms of roster construction, I do feel like that could be debatable. We got to do a little bit more research on that one. But um, I, I don't – I wouldn't necessarily dispute it off the rip. My thing is, like, when you look at this team, I understand that the first thing you would label is that LeBron James is untouchable and AD is your priority to sign. But if you only have one or two guys to move, right, because let's talk – let's just be realistic about trade value. There's a, a good handful of guys on this team that have very minimal, like very minimal. Who are two guys that you feel like you could realistically move? What would you need to pair with them? And what position or player are you aiming for? Because we, we can do the ESPN trade sims like Ian said all we want to, but we have to be realistic about who we're putting on the books in terms of what their value is. Because, like, for example, the trade that Ian mentioned out, I feel like the, I feel like the Lakers, like, like, robbed the Wizards in that type of trade, personally. I mean, Quinn Cook, Marquise Morris shows back up after a couple of years of not being there, and you get the, what's it, the a late 20, like, late 20s pick in the first round. I mean, I don't, I don't see the dub in that. So, like, where is the value in these guys? I got you. First off, let me, let me. Uh, so, the, this Lakers team, I'd say top five in regards to um, uh, was the worst team to win the finals. Top five um, because they're not the worst. I'll tell you that right now. Um, it is actually the eighty-four, eighty-five Rockets. Um, not a lot of people know about this. So, Clyde Drexler was a um, he was a longtime Blazer. Obviously, he was on the decline in his in his years, and then got traded to the Rockets. So basically that team was the sixth seed and won the finals. They were honestly one of the absolute worst teams to win. I'm talking about a washed up Sam Cassell won of finals. Ooh. Okay. You know what I'm that's, that's definitely the worst team that ever actually won the finals. Um, but so in regards to Jalen's question, I have, I have even better and uh, a better trade idea. I'm still on Bradley Bill because I still think they can get him. Avery Bradley, Danny Green, Markeith Morris, you could add in Talon Horton Tucker and a first round or second round pick for Bradley Bill. On top of that, if you want to make it even more interesting, because I think this is another thing the Lakers have to do, you could even move Kuzma. What are you going to do with Kuzma right now? What, what, what is his role on the team? Do we know? Do we really know? I mean, granted, he's a bench player. We know that's a role. Almost, almost every player on the bench has a role. But do we really know? We're talking about at the beginning of the year. They're like, Kyle Kuzma could be that third option. Where? We didn't see it. We didn't see it. So now we're like, what do we actually want? Like, what production do we actually want from Kyle Kuzma? Do we send him away for a better four to come off the bench and produce consistently? Do we do we act? Do we restructure his contract? Do we believe in him more? Like, what do we do with Kyle Kuzma? So, in that trade that I brought up, you could even put Markeith Morris out, put Kuzma in, because I honestly think the Wizards could find a way to to use Kuzma if you put um, Bradley Beal in that discussion. Think about it; he could come off the bench for Rui when you, when you really go into it. So. Honestly, I think in that situation, to answer your question, I think the two pieces you could definitely move, I really think Danny Green's out. Get him out of here. And because in regards to KCP and Danny Green, KCP was sadly more consistent than Danny Green. So, honestly, I think you keep KCP uh, for some, in some cases. I don't think you start him like they did. I don't think you start him. But I think you move Avery Bradley because he said, no, I don't want to play in the bubble. LeBron was like, all right, you're out, you're out of here. Get me out of here. Um, 
Bradley Beal. You can either put Marquise or Kyle Kuzma in. I said Taylor Horton Tucker or Danny Green and a first or second rounder for Bradley Beal. I think hopefully that could answer your question. Yeah, Ian, you're ruthless, man. Man, look, look, <laughs> I, I call a spade a spade and I tell it how it is, man. I... <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you're not lying. So I, I kind of have a similar trade thought because, let's face it, Avery Bradley didn't want to help LeBron win a ring, so he's going to pay for it by getting traded to the Wizards. Um, <laughs> that, that actually sounds kind of logical, actually. I would probably throw KCP in the deal considering how – how he kind of performed in the finals because he, he was getting a little bit better. I think from game three on, he was definitely contributing more. Danny Green was not a very bad performance by Danny Green. Um, so, yeah, I can see why you would want to get him out. I'd probably throw Morris in that deal if you haven't mentioned his name already. I just think that there's just – there's so many people on the table that you could just trade away. And it's, it's almost like the Wizards – it's like their choice pretty much who they want from the Lakers to build their team around because they're not going to the playoffs anytime soon. Okay. So now, okay, wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, nah, I'm not letting this slide. Hold on. Y'all both are ruthless. Uh, Ryan, I don't know. I don't know why you tried to just put that on Ian like that. You both are crazy for this one. First of all, first of all, if John Wall comes back healthy, y'all better stop. Y'all better stop this right now. If John Wall comes back healthy and Blake Griffin are back healthy, the goddamn East is eight deep. I don't want to hear it. That's number one. Y'all tripping off that one. Number two, y'all going to stop trying to dump the Lakers booty butt cheek pieces off on my team like this because they're not about to just take these suckers because they played decent in the goddamn finals, if not barely was there in the goddamn finals. Y'all not about to just dump these, these little salary dump players on the Washington Wizards. Look, dude, when it comes to Bradley Beal, we're not there's there's no way in the world the Wizards take random salary dumps. They have a bad enough. I'm not gonna say bad because when healthy, it's not a bad contract. But when not healthy for like the last two years, they already have a really tough contract to quote unquote move in John Wall, who they I don't I don't think they're going to move on from until they see what he looks like when he's healthy, which is gonna be a player they're not gonna want to move on from. So I think the big thing with that is I understand like the aim for Bradley Beal thing, and I I don't I don't disagree with it i feel like the trade chips they have to move for bradley bill is where i'm out if anything a lot of the guys that you guys are naming are a lot on the older end um i think there's a, a debate on where the wizards are going i do feel like in terms of a youth movement type of thing because i mean john wall's probably one of the older players on their team otherwise bradley bill is still not even not even north of 30 and a lot of their better play, rotational players are on the younger end of like between 21 and 25. So a lot of the guys that you guys are trying to move from the Lakers are on the older end. If anything, maybe this is the type of thing where the Brooklyn Nets are trying to figure out what's up with their depth situation. And Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie are both guys that are questions as to how they will fit alongside LeBron James. And I mean, not uh, alongside um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Will those same questions be brought up if they were to potentially, you know, be moved to a team like the Lakers where they would be next to a guy like LeBron James instead? I think it would be a little bit better of a fit for a guy like Karras, even though I want to see Karras on his own team. That's my own personal hope for him. But even a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, who might be an upgrade. I'm not going to say might. Let's respect this man. Spencer Dinwiddie is definitely an upgrade at the point guard position over anybody that they have at point guard not named LeBron James. So even on a lesser, on a lesser note, Leave Bradley Beal alone. 
<laughs> and go go mess with Spencer Dinwiddie or something. That's the inner Washington fan in me, but also also Spencer Dinwiddie is probably an easier easier target to aim after to make yourself instantly better without having to give up nearly as much. And it actually is a little bit more realistic for the team that would have to send him because I really don't see the Wizards taking on the kind of guys y'all are trying to send for a guy like Bradley Beal who's coming off of another like disrespected snub All Star year. So like. I think I think I think you gotta aim a little bit smaller while still trying to get better at the same time. Leave well, the Wizards right. alone, guys. Leave the Wizards alone. Uh, no, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta get back to you real quick. Um, hold on. So I know I said eighty-four, eighty-five Rockets. I misspoke. Ten years, uh, ninety-four, ninety-five. Uh, just clarify. Um, so let me. So you telling me? <laughs> I gotta do it. I have to do it. Oh man. So, <laughs> Look, the Wizards was already getting booty butt cheek players from the Lakers. Anyway, y'all forgot y'all got Morris Wagner, bro. Oh, damn. You forgot? <laughs> and Isaac Bong. Did you forget? And Isaac Bong. But he was all right. He was okay, though. He was okay, though. He was okay, though. I'm talking about these guys are averaging eight or less points a game. Come on now. Danny Green at least getting some, at least not, sometimes he gets nine if he hits three threes. That's oh, rare, but you know he does it. <laughs> Sometimes he gets nice. Send Danny Green back to Cleveland, man. Y'all gotta have him. I'm over it. Leave the Wizards alone, man. They can't right, keep will, the goddamn will, Lakers will. salary. The league, the the Wizards are always deemed the Lakers salary dump. That's the that's the reason why the minute y'all started saying Bradley Beal, I was like, please leave them alone. They've been talking about this for like three, four years now, trying to get this man over there. Hey, they said we'll take. No, we're not going to take Danny Green or Markeith Morris or whatever, but we'll start Andre's Positionics. Oh, my goodness. Relax, hey, let, me leave the, let me leave the Wizards alone. I'm sorry. I have to do it. Let me leave the Wizards alone. Oh, man. You messing with the starting lineup, too. That's dirty. That is dirty. <laughs> it's an interesting transition because we were going to talk about the top five teams that actually have a chance to win the championship. I like the Wizards, unfortunately, but – Who's one team that you think can win the championship next season? So I'm gonna give I'm gonna do I'm gonna give uh, three honorable mentions, and then I'm gonna do uh, my threat. So my first and foremost uh, honorable mention is the Nuggets. I just don't think they'll um, be good enough next year to actually take the Lakers in seven. I think they'll bring it to seven. I don't think – because they lost in five. I don't think that they'll actually beat them, no matter what the Lakers or Nuggets do in the offseason. Um, my third, my second honorable mention is the Celtics. I think the Celtics just get better every year, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown always find ways to produce and increase their stats every year. Um, on top of that, I don't know what their draft looks like. As a Celtics fan, I don't know what their draft looks like. I haven't looked into it just yet, but I know that they still have a top 15 pick. They could move it. They could do whatever. Um, number three, I could say, um, is uh, – oh, the Heat. And I say this because the Heat could be a, t- a free agent destination this summer or this fall, whatever you want to call it, based on that they just got to where they are with one impotent- – well, granted, they have one superstar in Jimmy Butler. They have an outstanding star and playmaker in Goran Dragic and an emerging, I guess you could say, somewhat star in Bam Adebayo. When you're talking about they have the money to actually get another Supermax player in there, you want to talk about move to Miami, good weather, play with Jimmy Buckets and a team that already just went to the finals, get them another star, and they could be, potentially be a threat. But my number one threat to the Lakers is the, is the Brooklyn Nets. And I say this because 
I feel like people just, I know there was a lot of speculation about, you know, Kyrie not being in the bubble and KD being hurt for the season. But let's think about it. Karis LeVert went crazy in the bubble and people just somewhat forgot. Just somewhat forgot about Karis LeVert. On top of that, they have DeAndre Jordan, who's granted, he's not going to give you like 15 and 20 a game. No, he'll give you the production he needs to, to get. And then on top of that, they just brought in head coach Steve Nash. You want to talk about an offensive threat of a coach? You want to talk about he could bring in the ten sec- the eight seconds or less offense that he had in Phoenix with Amari to that offense with elite scores? Jalen already mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie. This bench, on top of that, they also had Jared Allen, who's an incredible defender. I think this team could be one of, if not the best threat to the Lakers, and they already have one of the best scorers in the game in Kevin Durant. So, it again, it's obviously debatable, but I, that's personally how I see it right now. I mean, my honorable mention is Golden State because I'm done sleeping on them. It's just, it's just not right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say it's them. But Ian, you alley ooped this, so I'm gonna just take it, bro. Everything you already said about the Nets, repeat it, replay it, just hit the 15 seconds back button a couple of times and just listen to Ian again. Because literally that's where I'm at. Like, it's Brooklyn. I think the Celtics got something. I think the Heat got something. And I think the Clippers are pissed. So I think that the combination of those three things is something that we shouldn't leave on the table. But, man, I'm telling you, the Nets as constructed. And they have the money to bring Joe Harris back. The question is just whether or not they do it or not. But I think you get Joe Harris in there. Or if you don't, you try to replace him with a with a viable point guard slash shooting guard in in free agency, already have Karras, still have Spencer Dinwiddie on the books. I think they're in a position to really go after the championship. I, th- I mean, I really think they are dangerous with K- uh, Kyrie and KD on the same team. No questions asked. I'll make mine quick. My honorable mention is Miami. My biggest threat is Brooklyn. I got to ask you, Ian, before we go, we did a Jersey wishlist episode recently. Do you have a favorite Jersey that you wish you had, but you don't have? You're going to do me like that. Oh, man. they do this every time, Ryan. They do this every time. You're going to do me like that. It has to be one. I can't pick like two, three. Big two. You can go two. You can do two. You can do two. All right, two. Let last right, do two. So for one, bro, I got to go Dame. I got to go Dame right now. And so not only just because of what he did in the bubble, but also this man was just lethal before that. And then, ooh, ooh, I mean, just a met, bro. Also, I got, like, the clothes that would fit well with that. So, like, when I'm talking about the fist, I'm talking, like, imagine if I get, like, the red Rip City Dame jersey and then I got my little red Air Forces. Ooh, that'd be tough. <laughs> that I'm sleep. That's the first time we done ever had the full fit, okay? The full fit, you know what I'm saying? But then my other one, I'm telling you right now, it's an old-time player, and I just say he is the coach of the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I need that black – the the retro Steve Nash sons, the black and ooh, ooh, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you, look, I got look, I don't have them with me at home. I mean right now, but I have them at home. I got the orange Gatorade ones. And you put that with the jersey and I got some Steve Nash stance socks. I'm telling you that fit would be incredible. But also Steve Nash is one of my favorite point guards ever to play the game. I mean, so I'd I definitely have to say probably Damon Steve Nash or old Steve Nash. Before we get to our question of the day, Bleacher Report posted those uh, throwback Nets jerseys from the early days of the New Jersey Nets. I want to get your opinions on those because those look amazing. I'm getting, I'm getting both. I'm sorry. <laughs> Katie and Kyrie. I'm getting both. It's murder, bro. At this rate, it's just a time and place. It's, it's, it's getting copped. I don't care. Man, 
I'm, I'm liking it. You know, you know, the Nets are already starting off 2020-21 season with, out with a bang, man. I mean, them jerseys are nice. And then on top of that, they had Kyrie model it. And then they also sneak peeked his new shoe. They didn't go into it, but they also sneak peeked his new shoe. You want to talk about a way to not only market your teams, like, hey, the Lakers won a championship. All right, but look, look what we're doing now. Look what we're saying. But it's, it's, it's going to be uh, – I don't know if I'll get them. It, I think it depends because, look, last time I got a Kyrie jersey, I was he was a Celtic, and we know how that went. So I don't want to talk about it. We're not talking about it. But um, that's – I didn't burn it. I'm not don't, – don't ever burn no jerseys, people. Please don't ever burn no jerseys. But um, I was close, didn't do it, but I sold it because that person was not smart. So yeah, I like the jerseys. I like him. I think that the, the trend of throwback jerseys coming back is great. Um, personally, I think that one of the best, if not the best throwback jerseys, besides the Raptors ones with like the actual dinosaur on it is, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies ones with the Grizzly on it. I think those are the best ones ever. I'm telling you right now, like the, from the lettering to the style and oh, oh my goodness, and seeing John Moran ball out in him, uh, whew, I'm telling you. Ian, do you have anything that you want to promote before you have to go? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I probably have a, another podcast episode, The Impact with Ian Evans, on Friday. Jalen, I actually probably get you on. We'll talk soon. Um, and I'll probably get Brooks, Brooks Warren on to, uh, for that for sure. Um, I always keep looking out for articles. I actually have two articles coming out next week. I'm trying to just doing everything I can. Uh, one of the articles, obviously, I do every Tuesday, if you haven't known. It's called the basically My Love Slash Hate NFL Weekend Recap. Um, if you really want me to, if you really want to read how I slandered Phil Rivers, go watch that. But if, <laughs> but um, I will also next week, my next ep- uh, article will be about uh, my way too early uh, NBA power ranking. So if you're actually interested in that, um, I don't know when next week, but I'm definitely putting something out for that. Uh, just stay tuned for all that. So transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, which Laker would you trade for Bradley Beal? This all is- of them. <laughs> this has been an amazing episode today on the hoop talk podcast i would love to thank our guest ian evans check out the impact every friday it's a great pleasure to have him on we're definitely going to have him back again we'll see you guys next episode peace